Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Simak Sam Loney, who everyone calls Sam. Sam works for the Sustainable Development Solutions Network, the SDSN which was launched in 2012 by the UN Secretary-General at the time, Ban Ki-moon. The SDSN's aim is to mobilise global scientific and technological expertise, promoting practical problem-solving for sustainable development and the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals. Sam is their financing manager, but also the founder and global coordinator for their youth programme. Sam, I will leave you to share with listeners more on your mission and work in this respect. But this isn't the first time that he has founded a youth movement. Back in Australia, where he heralds, he was the catalyst behind the High Level Youth Summit in Melbourne 2013. He was president and CEO of the Harvard World Model United Nations, the biggest international student conference globally. And he has been an advisor to the Australian government's Innovation Exchange focusing on education in emergencies. Sam, welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here with you. So Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. I wonder whether you could share for listeners a little bit more about your roles within the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network. Yes, absolutely. So the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network, which is a mouthful, in short, the SDSN was launched by the former UN Secretary General, Ban Ki-moon, and it currently operates under the auspices of the current Secretary General of the UN, Antonio Guterres. And the mission of the SDSN is quite simple, which is to really bring together the world's leading experts, technical experts from universities and think tanks, bring that expertise into policy. So essentially, it is about bringing science and knowledge into policymaking, because to achieve sustainable development, we're dealing with very complex global systems. And to do that, we need deep expertise on these issues in order to be able to actually formulate the right policies and put together the right pathways and plans in place to be able to actually achieve them. So SDSN essentially is a think tank which brings all the different knowledge in in the various areas of sustainable development goals together and essentially helps advise um, governments, um, organizations, and uh, regional bodies. So I have two roles within the organization. Um, they're quite different, uh, but that's what makes it quite fun. So one of my role is that I am the partnerships manager for SDSN's development financing initiative. And there, what we do is we basically assess the needs for achieving the SDGs through a financial lens. So in other words, how much would it cost to achieve the SDGs, and particularly in lower-income countries? And we basically conduct research and we assess the results and try to find exactly what those costs will be. Because unless we understand the costs and the financing needed, it's very hard to actually go and achieve these very ambitious development outcomes. The second role that I have is basically the director of what we call SDSN Youth. It was a program that I founded a number of years ago. 
And again, that also has a very simple program mission, which is to train and empower uh, young leaders around the world to create local solutions for sustainable development. And what that means in practice is the SDSN produces great knowledge and great research. And the role of SDSN youth is to translate that research into practical work and put it in the hands and use it to train young entrepreneurs, city leaders, you know, students, young researchers, so they can, within their own communities, create solutions, whether that be campaigns similar to what Greta Thunberg has been running, or it, would, it could be technical solutions like a technology or, a, or an entrepreneurship initiative, like, like a social business, or it could be a piece of research that finds very new innovative models of tackling a particular issue. So what we do is we grab this technical knowledge, we break it down and put it in the hands of these young leaders, and we follow their journey and support them in being able to create these solutions and to scale them. So that's really the work of SDSN youth very broadly in a nutshell. And right now we have a massive network of about 750 youth organizations from around the world, coordinated by 22 regional and national networks that we have. And of course, within them, there are networks of thousands of different young advocates, technical entrepreneurs, innovators, etc., who we work with and on lots of different capacities across the entire spectrum of the sustainable development goals. Can you perhaps give us some of the best examples of the work that you've been doing and the solutions that you've been seeing? Yeah, so actually, I want to point to a couple of very exciting programs. One program is our solutions program which comes from the premise that you have a huge global generation of young people, in fact, the biggest the world has ever seen, incredibly well-educated, very creative, and this is based on research that's been done. And they are very excited about sustainable development. But actually, they want to make a difference and they want to create the businesses and the solutions of the future that are going to create a paradigm shift and achieve sustainable development. But the biggest barrier they have is about is financing, technical knowledge, and training. So essentially, some money to actually get the project off the ground, knowledge about the areas, so being able to talk to experts who know these complex areas, both geographically and also thematically. And thirdly, actually get training from business leaders and mentorship and coaching on how to put together a deck, how to manage a team, how to essentially put together a budget. So I think there are a range of things that they will need in order to be able to actually make successful solutions. And we've seen this on the ground. One incredible initiative that I always talk about is, is a program, an organization called Litter of Light. So what it does, it takes plastic bottles and instead of recycling them, using technology transforms them into light bulbs, which then go on to power lots of homes and communities around the world at very, very cheap price. And it has been doing incredible work. And right now, they're touring the world, going from city to city, community to community, to try and really spread this model out. So these initiatives can make a difference, but they need technical capacity and support to be able to do this. So our solutions program really is about bringing together coaches and content and 
you know, mobilize financing from different sources and put it at the fingertips of these individuals so they can actually scale these incredible solutions that they have. And in doing that, we also highlight the top 50 every year in a report called the Youth Solutions Report. So the top 50 solutions, both nonprofit and for-profit, who are making a difference in their communities on the SDGs. And we highlight this as a way to inspire others, but as a way to also give coverage and raise awareness about these projects themselves and to be able to actually raise additional financing for them. So really, it's about an ecosystem-based approach of increasing the number of solutions on the ground through inspiration, but also the ones that do exist to help them succeed and scale. So that's our solutions program. I think the, the second program, which I think is also very exciting, is what we call the Global Schools Program. Now, Global Schools from, comes from this simple notion that if we want to make a difference and if we want to shape a sustainable future, we need much more of our citizens. We need much more of individuals and people around the planet to have the necessary knowledge, skills, and values that are consistent with sustainability so that they can shape a sustainable future. So that includes a knowledge of sustainable development, values of citizenship, and 21st century skills. The problem is these are not being taught in schools around the world. So many generations of people do not have these values, knowledge, and skills. They're not being educated on it in a systematic way. So the Global Schools Program is really about creating cutting-edge and quality curriculum, comprehensive, from grade 1 to grade 12 and across every subject, and really get this curriculum and take it to schools around the world so that every child gets the competencies and the skills, knowledge, and values that will enable them when they graduate and they become members of society to have behaviors and to make decisions and follow career paths that are consistent with the values of sustainable development. This is, I think, a way to create a systemic change. We're partnering and signing up schools and working with you know, local advocates, which are around the world in more than, I think, uh, 80 countries at the moment, to really localize this curriculum and take it to schools and classrooms around the world. And we have seen incredible results of the interest on the ground from schools to be able to actually integrate this into the curriculum and ensure that their students have a wonderful and comprehensive education that's complemented by the values and knowledge of sustainable development and 21st century skills. And Sam, what do you think are the trends that you're really seeing and experiencing through this work? Main trends? Well, there is more and more recognition globally that sustainable development is critical, that you cannot achieve outcomes in just one area, that an interdisciplinary and comprehensive systemic approach to solving global problems is critical because these problems are very connected and they are very complex and they influence one another. And if we want to achieve systemic change, we must look at these problems systematically. And so sustainable development and the SDGs really provide a framework of analysis for us to assess and understand the world in a better way. And it's a tool for simplifying uh, the biggest challenges of our time or understanding the simplification of the biggest challenges of our time. And the trends that we're seeing, 
there is more interest in it, but also there is a recognition about the urgency of tackling these issues. And in particular, there is a very interesting trend, and that is really created by this recent movements that have emerged in large part inspired by the leadership of Greta Thunberg, but also by lots of different young people around the world who are pushing uh, policymakers and those around and saying serious and urgent action needs to be taken to curb the impacts of climate change, both on mitigation and adaptation, but that other issues need to also be addressed. And this really, this element of inspiration is really beginning to change the momentum and accelerating the shift towards sustainable development. And I think it's very important to continue to support and capitalize on this incredible opportunity. When people are inspired, changes happen. And I think this is a very interesting new trend that we're seeing. I mean, Sam, you've mentioned Greta Thunberg. You have met some pretty inspiring people through your work, whether it's Ban Ki-moon, Arianna Huffington and the Pope. What does great leadership look like, do you think? I mean, what do you think will help us really address these global challenges, poverty, inequality, the climate crisis? I think it's a complex question. I have met some incredible people and I would say each of their styles of leadership has been different. But I would say there are certain traits that they all tend to carry, which I think is reflective of good leadership. One is about their ability to inspire. That it's not just that they have a vision and they're going towards it, but they're able to actually inspire other people to go towards it. As I mentioned, Greta Thunberg has this incredible vision, but she's also able to inspire many others to do the same. And I think that's very important. In fact, research, behavioral research shows that you're much more likely to take action when you have an emotional connection to an issue. And I think inspiration, great leaders who are able to inspire are able to really galvanize and capitalize on that emotional connection and get people to act. So great leaders inspire. But great leaders also understand complexity. So it's not just about inspiration and it's not just about the idealism and calling for things, but also following through and understanding that in order to actually make a difference, you need to put in effort and you have to recognize complexities and not to just see the world as how it should be, but also how it is now and how within this system you can make a difference. So it is leaders who inspire and aspire to a vision of the future, but who also have the technical understanding or at least the the humble understanding of the complexity that's around us. And they're able to actually use that knowledge and be able to recognize that complexity in order to be able to actually create a practical path for making a difference. So I think Good leaders and some of the ones you mentioned are exactly able to do that. Those two critical qualities of leadership. Sam, the Business Fights Poverty Network is 25,000 people often working in business, trying to make an impact from, from within. I mean, what do you think the role of business is in the delivery of the SDGs? I think being very honest, we'll not be able to achieve the SDGs unless we have a comprehensive and interdisciplinary approach to these complex global problems. 
and businesses are absolutely part of that. So the impact that business has on uh, the planet, but also on the global economy and on societies is tremendous. And I think with that in mind, it's important for businesses to have a clear role in achieving the sustainable development goals. And well, I'm very glad to see that a lot of businesses are stepping up and recognizing that importance. And I think there is a lot that businesses can do. But I think one of the first things is for businesses to use the SDGs as a framework of analysis. In other words, use the SDGs to understand where within their business and within their supply chain, they are impacting various SDGs and in a cross-cutting manner, not just to pick one SDG and say we focus here, but actually look at the entire spectrum to look at how they're positively contributing to certain things, but also negatively. And I think it's important to be honest about that. So I think the SDGs provide a very good framework for understanding the positive as well as the negative impacts of business operations and and business work from around the world. And of course, once you understand that, then it allows you to take steps to limit the damage and of course, capitalize on the positive aspects. And I think only once this has been realized, and once it's been realized that businesses can make a difference, then we're going to see their role really emboldened within the sustainable development agenda. But another thing that businesses can do is to provide expertise and mentorship and coaching to other groups, particularly within developing countries. A lot of entrepreneurs within developing countries don't have the technical capacity. Their interest is there, the knowledge is there, the enthusiasm is there, but the technical capacity is lacking. And I think business leaders and different businesses around here can really provide critical coaching to a lot of these individuals to be able to actually create a market, create solutions that make, make a difference, but actually to also open the absorption capacity of those markets. So there's a lot that businesses can do. I, I would love to go into all of it, but it's, it's very sectoral based and it takes, um, we would need a whole other podcast on that. But I think there's quite a bit that can be made. But the first step really is to recognize where as a business you fit within the SDGs, where you're creating opportunities and where you're creating trade-offs. And once you understand your role within the system, then I think targets can be set and pathways can be created for actually making a difference. And one very interesting initiative is science-based targets for business, which is targets that different businesses can set in order to decarbonize the energy system and contribute to battle against climate change. But also, there are lots of guides that have been set out by organizations like the World Business Council for Sustainable Development and the UN Global Compact, which essentially guide businesses through the process of contribution to this global agenda of sustainable development goals and, and the Paris Climate Agreement for climate change. That's great advice for those listening to this podcast, sitting within businesses. Thank you. And as someone working within the UN yourself, I mean, how relevant do you think this organisation is to younger people and to the world today? And perhaps could you share a bit of advice for those wanting to make a positive difference? So firstly, I want to say that the United Nations gets a lot of unfair treatment, especially from some of these skeptics. 
But it's important to recognize that the UN provides food and assistance to almost 80 million people in 80 countries, provides vaccines for 40% of the world's children and saves almost 3 million lives a year, assists and protects about 60 million people who are fleeing war, famine, and persecution. It played a critical role in basically putting together and acting as a facilitator and bringing governments together for, to create the Paris Climate Agreement for climate change. It has you know, almost 120,000 peacekeepers in 16 operations. And it's fighting extreme poverty and has helped improve the livelihoods of more than a billion people. It's the beacon and the promoter of human rights. And it really is providing critical assistance on the ground to millions of people who need it. And of course, it played a critical role in creating the Sustainable Development Goals. It played the facilitator, which brought together these 193 governments to actually create this breakthrough and important global agenda. And it does all that with a very tiny budget. In fact, some comparisons have been drawn that the UN budget is less than that of New York City's budget or the Tokyo Fire Department's budget. But really, that's the point to say that the the budget that the UN runs on is very small, and despite that, it's achieving quite a lot. So if I want to go back to the words of the second UN Secretary General, Doug Hammarskjöld, the UN was not created to take mankind to heaven, but to save humanity from hell. And I think that's very important to recognize about the United Nations system. And surveys have shown this, that young people really believe in the ideals of the United Nations. And they really are supportive of the, of the UN system. But having said that, you don't have to be in the UN system to make a difference. You don't have to be a part of the United Nations to be able to do good things for the world. There are thousands of, so tens of thousands of organizations, young community leaders, young innovators who are making a difference in the world from within their communities, most of the time with very limited resources, and they're actually persistent in, in what they want to achieve and do that without the support of the United Nations. Of course, for those who want to work within the UN, it's a wonderful place to be. But to make an impact, the UN is not the only place to do that. And as we've seen, a lot of different people around the world have been able to do that despite being out of the UN system. So it's a good system that you can partner with and it should, the UN should recognize the role of young people and it does. And the recent climate summit is an example of this. And where it can, with its limited capacity, does offer support to a young entrepreneurs and innovators and leaders who are trying to make a difference. But it can be done also without direct support from the UN. And we've seen evidence of this in, in different circles around the world. Well, Sam, that brings us to the end of our podcast today. And I must thank you so much for your wise words, your practical recommendations and your inspiring advice. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be a part of this podcast and look forward to more conversations like this with other uh, colleagues and partners. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 